The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Good to have you along, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access as we bring you the latest on the Bears after their rookie minicamp. Moving through the phases of the offseason, training camp will be here before you know it. I'm Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Coming up in our next segment, we'll be joined as always by former Bears quarterback Jim Miller. And at the bottom of the hour, uh, kind enough to take some time tonight, uh, General Manager Ryan Pace, to look back at the draft class of 2021. Big Tom, how you doing? You know, Big Jeff, I'm glad you said that things are going to be starting at such a rapid pace because I don't think, unless you've been around the NFL for a long time, how quickly time goes in between all the different uh, landmarks you go through in an offseason. But then before you know it, man, you're in training camp, and it's serious business. With last year's offseason, unlike anything we've ever seen in our life, with so much uncertainty about whether it will happen, how is it going to happen, how is everything going to play take place. Now you have a little bit better understanding, and hopefully things are back to normal. But again, that pushes the pace of these offseasons. And whether you're an experienced veteran, whether you're a veteran that's fighting for a position, or you're a new kid on the block that uh, – you know, these things, these playbooks, they're going to come at you at a rapid rate. So invest your time wisely and be prepared once you start getting ready for training camp. I was just thrilled to see the guys on the grass, as they say, you know, working towards uh, getting to understand what the is ahead here at training camp, real football. Uh, certainly a rookie minicamp is not real football. A lot of guys running around, but you do get impressions of players and, I was pleased to see a, a lot of things, especially on the offensive line, for example. Just watching Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borm go through their drills, you, you kind of instantly get an idea a, on their footwork, their body types, and, and just how athletic they are. And I know that's right up your alley. Of course, being an offensive lineman, we'll get that out of the way before we start talking to Jim Miller about quarterbacks and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's, it, and we're going to bring this up with Ryan Pace, just a, a lot of homegrown offensive linemen by virtue of the draft and undrafted free agency over the last several years provide the bulk of what is going to be the offensive line here in 2021. Yeah, but, you know, I think you have a lot of certainty and a lot of versatility in the interior of this offensive line. So a lot of the question marks going into the season was about the offensive tackle position. They allowed Charles Leno to move on. They allowed Bobby Massey to move on. They know what they have, and you heard when Juan Castillo approached the Zoom meeting about what Jermaine Effetti is going through and what an asset he's become. But, Jeff, I was probably a, as a, as a I was as excited about the offensive linemen that I saw in the rookie minicamp as I was about all the high-profile high positions. So I'm really excited about the future, about the development, and about the role that the offensive line is going to play because when you talk about the development of an offense and the different, the different ways this offense can go, I think it's, an, it's as, as exciting as any position on the field. 
You know, obviously, Tevin Jenkins, uh, the second-round draft pick. Bears thought very highly of him. Uh, he's already got a budding relationship with the guy that he needs to right now, and that would be Cody Whitehair. I had a few reach out to me. The one I've been talking to uh, mostly is uh, uh, Cody Whitehair, who's a guardier, and uh, I've been talking back and forth with him. And it basically, he's just reaching out to, uh, you know, if I need help in hand or anything, if I need extra help anywhere I can. And uh, all that I can really say is I really appreciate him, and I really appreciate the things he's doing for me. And uh, now that doesn't happen everywhere. You could say it does, but people are competing for jobs. It didn't happen in your day. You tell me the story after story after story. But you know what? That's the guy Cody is, though. Yeah, you know, all the offensive linemen that I was competing against, I didn't expect them to reach out to me and give me any congratulatory welcoming about being a Bear because it was all about competition from that point on. However, the one thing Tevin has to realize is that Cody is an extremely talented offensive lineman, and there's no assurance that he's going to be the guard playing next to him because Cody Whitehair can fill any role in the interior of that offensive line. If James Daniels is a more balanced and well-prepared offensive lineman at the guard position, those two guys will know each other equally as well. However... I have a tremendous amount of respect for Cody Whitehair. Everything that's ever been asked of him throughout his career, he's done at a moment's notice, and he's performed at a high level. He is a professional. So I think Tevin is really fortunate, just like Borum is, to have assets on the offensive line like these guys that have the willingness to reach out to them to get them acclimated to what they're going to go through once this whole season gets underway. Well, it's always a tight group, that's for sure. When the, center, the roster's settled, it's all a tight group. That's how they hang. That's how they are supposed to, and it's an important part and maybe the most important part of offensive football, what happens up front of the offensive line. We'll continue on our discussion, talk more about the O-line and all the rookies, and more with Jim Miller coming up after this break. Our producer tonight, Brandon Fryer. Thanks, Dan Barilli and Jordan Treadup, and thanks to you for listening tonight. Ryan Pace, the Bears general manager at the bottom of the hour, just ahead here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to IG, uh, Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. With Tom Payer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Sorry, everybody, we have these inside humor that you just can't share on the radio. And he got me. He got me right before the commercial coming out. Thanks a lot, Tom. You know, he's just a, a little bit of a a little bit of a knuckle, a little, little bit of a rascal, I would say. And it doesn't take much to crack me up. So I got nobody <laughs> nice else going. to antagonize. You're my only guy. Nice going. Plus, we're looking at each other on on Skype, so we get all this right. That brings us to our good buddy and Sirius XM NFL radio host and former Bears quarterback Jim Miller. We get all the laughing out of the way now in the offseason before it gets all serious, Jim. Well, it's such an easy target, Tom. You know that. Remember when right. you were recovering, uh, recovering punts on a beach? Yeah, I saw that on uh, social media. Oh, no, we're not covering punts. That was a Bears, uh, Bears fan trip. <laughs> And wait, you got to bring that up. Akeem Hicks is 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 running the show and teaching uh, selected fans. And uh, this person wasn't a part of the traveling party. It was a, a woman that was on vacation there. And she said, well, let me try to punt. And I was standing right there with a the microphone. She punted right, the, the nose of the football, right in my mouth. Like, and Akeem was so stunned, his jaw dropped. He could not believe what transpired. He goes, drop the ball and kick it, and that's exactly what she did right in my face. And uh, thankfully, nothing broke. 
Didn't break a jaw. Didn't lose any teeth. That was my number one concern, losing my chiclets. But I well, think people have a lot of respect for punters because they know that there's a couple different ways now they hit Tom, the ball. Tom immediately ships into the analysis of the play. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, what was worse, me going through that experience on, on a vacation slash work trip or when I did a story on Brad Maynard and how his ball would tail away from the returner and I went out there in a suit and wingtips and tried to catch punts inside the Peyton Center. Didn't catch a one. Not one. Not one. Well, no surprise. That's the returnability. That's why you're getting hit in the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Jim. How, how's it going? How's it going? And uh, I know you weren't here to watch rookie minicamp, but it was good to see the guys running around and see exactly what uh, new blood comes into the organization. I think it's a, a bunch of versatility overall. I think there's some undrafted guys, and you know we'll talk with General Manager Ryan Pace coming up at the bottom of the hour about what he saw, but. You know, the first thing I think you look for as a coach or an observer is is somebody way out of place, and, and no one look way out of place. Yeah, you know, I, I like what I saw. I caught what, what I could of the, the players when they were on the field. You know, it's a shame Coach Nagy wasn't able to be, to be out there with the, the players, but he got all the intel uh, that he needed. And like Tom said, you know, I want to see the, the shakeup on the offensive line. How is it ultimately going to settle uh, for the best five guys to, to get on the field? and, and how Because they, they, they have some guys that have some position flexibility, so that's always interesting how the best five will, will work itself out. But, no, I don't think anybody looked out of place i'm excited about the plan uh for justin fields they've named andy dalton the the starter right now and again you know there's nothing that needs to be forced here uh for justin fields he's a tough strong athletic quarterback from ohio state and he's gonna get the the opportunity and he will get the reps that he needs to to prepare himself to uh to play i don't think nick Foles really needs to take a lot of reps so justin field's still gonna get a lot of work even though andy dalton is is named the starter and there's no rush to really uh get him on the field so i'm excited to talk to ryan pace about about that uh tonight but i think overall the bears were pretty happy with how their draft unfolded you know it's kind of funny because you finally get a, uh, and they always say you got to pass the eye test. And this is our first opportunity to get an eyes on approach of a lot of these players. And when you see the athleticism of Justin, you see the size of Tevin and uh, Larry Borum. And then I think, Jeff, I think we are most impressed with the lower body of Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert, yeah. Okay, because, That's you know, we're, we're not. Like, we don't see these guys very often. When you guys go to the combine, you have an opportunity to see these guys go through all the drills, and you didn't have access to all these types of workouts. And so every single guy, from Daz Newsom to Graham to Herbert, every one of these guys had a trait that you could see why they were drafted. You can see how much depth in competition they're going to provide. So this is an exciting group of rookies that are going to come in here and you know have a chance to change the face of their positions but also get in there and compete no matter who the veterans are in front of them yeah great time Jim, to, to get your reps now because when training camp comes you know the assumed starters however they lay out on both sides of the ball they're going to get the majority of their reps and now you're just biding your time to hopefully impress and that's what happened last year with with darnell mooney he brings up the running back position i feel it's a tough position uh, to evaluate when you're just looking at workouts and then watching their game tape, depending on where they play, uh, what was around them. Yes, instincts usually come 
and they come fast, so a guy who's undrafted can can immediately make an impact in the National Football League, and it really doesn't matter what round you're drafted in. Uh, but this Khalil Herbert can do more than just that, and I think that intrigues me as well. He also has all this special teams ability, and he touched on that as we interviewed him on Zoom last being week. Being able to use my vision, you know, playing running back, being able to set up blocks, break tackles, and, you know, running north and south. Um, I think it's a really big thing to be able to hit that hole full speed with no fear and ghost. Yeah, now that's an added value. Also, who knows what else he can do on special teams. He already knows that's where, pretty much where his ticket gets punched to be on the active roster on game day, Jim. Yeah, no, this guy's impressive. He had a 23.5 average as a kick return ability for, from that standpoint. So we know that he that he transferred, but this guy gets after it. I saw him down at the Reese's Senior Bowl. He had four plays last year of 50-plus runs uh, in 2020, so he does have the ability for it to be a, a big play back. Uh, not proven on the third down stuff. Going to have to prove uh, some stuff in the in the blocking ability, I would think, for, from that standpoint. But, you know, it's kind of a breakout year for him last year. He's kind of, you know, it's basically a one-year starter uh, after transferring. He's a zone scheme runner, so I think that fits what the, the Bears are trying to do. Here's what I love about him, too. Out of his 500 carries that he had during his college career, essentially, only two fumbles. Hmm. Only two fumbles. So he is he secures uh, the football is, is what he does. And so, you know, he's a guy you take a, a flyer on, uh, has that breakout year, and, and lo and behold, he finds himself with an opportunity for the Chicago Bears. I mean, but minimum, like you said, he knows where he's got to make his hay is on the special team side of it. You know, no matter what position we're talking about in this draft, from offensive line to quarterback to receiver to defensive back to running back, there is no more one-dimensional football player in the NFL anymore. If you don't fill a variety of roles from special teams to everything that's required out of you from your specific position, could you see if, yeah, we drafted this offensive lineman because he's exclusively a great run blocker, and so now every time we throw the ball, we'll sub. No, that's not the case. You have to be multi-dimensional and I think that was kind of neat thing to see with all these guys when Chris Tabor the special teams coordinator has his periods he has all these guys involved in active roles of what they can possibly do in terms of game day roster requirements and when you talk about return ability both on the punt return and kickoff return it's 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 fun to watch, and then when you look at what the the quarterback and the offensive linemen are capable of being throughout the of, throughout the course of their career, they can fill every uh, every phase of what's going to be asked of them. So there is no one dimensional football player in the NFL anymore. And even when you look at Daz Newsom, this guy can play a wide receiver. He can play a slot receiver, and you saw some of the really nice connections that were made between he and Justin during the course of that rookie mini camp. And it excites you because Darnell Mooney, he earned his burst onto the scene. It wasn't just handed to him. And so you look at every one of these guys and you think they're all capable of the same opportunity. Now, Daz is somebody, it uh, looks like he's going to be an entertainer, a guy who pulls people together. He's a fun, fun loving guy. He's not afraid to, you know, have fun with the media, but uh, told us uh, football really is in his blood from the time he was a little kid. My dad was a coach for the high school I went to, and and really just me just seeing a bunch of players. I've been a water boy since I was like six years old, all until I was in seventh grade. Just really just seeing all those players. I, I, I when I first got on the sidelines, Tyrod Taylor, he was in high school, and really just seeing all them players and seeing my brother and seeing it was a bunch of great players that came through. 
through my city and all that. And really just seeing all those players, how they move and how they make people miss. I just picked up pieces from everybody and just really put it in my game. Yeah, that area of the country, Newport News, where he's from, he has a lot of connections to a lot of great players. It's, it's not the easiest place to grow up there either, but uh, athletics uh, really, really gets them on the right track, and many have found their way to professional sports, just not the NFL. We need to take a break. Coming back with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer, this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Back with more on the score after this. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from Super Second NFL Radio's Moving Chains with Pat Kerwin on Jake Joniak, Justin Fields. Um, maybe this was the best quote of the week last week when he met the media as he began his NFL pro career at Hallis Hall because the spotlight is on. It always is on every quarterback. And he's had plenty of experience dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, I've been, you know, kind of in the spotlight since high school. So I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm, you know, made for this. I'm, I'm, I'm built for this. So um, it's, 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 it's nothing new to me. I'm just going to continue to work hard and continue to get there every day. How significant is that? Yeah, I, I think for him, I think his toughness is going to be something that carries him through. And I, when I talked to uh, his coach, Ryan Day, he raved about his toughness. It wasn't just in, in that game against Clemson. He said there were other games, too, that he continued to play that, that he was beat up in. And I think there is a great desire because I think uh, when people were trying to shoot bullet holes into him leading up to the draft, I mean, it was about his desire for the game and does he work hard enough. This is the guy that petitioned the Big Ten to even play football last year. It was Justin Fields. So I think his leadership, his toughness are going to carry him through. I think he does have a, a great work ethic. He's he's young at playing the position. You know, he's basically only a two-year starter. He transferred from Clem, er, or from uh, college. We know why he transferred uh, to, to get into Ohio State. Yeah, it was Georgia, excuse me, that he transferred from just due to, to Fromm, and Fromm was going to be the quarterback there, and Fromm ultimately got drafted by the Buffalo Bills out of, out of Georgia, but goes into the Big Ten. He's the two-time uh, Big Ten quarterback uh, of the year, and he's still young in his game. So he's he's still, I don't want to say he's raw in a, a lot of respects because he's not raw. He's a tremendous player, and he can throw the ball, and he's athletic and, and all those things, but he is still young in terms of his sample size uh, of playing the position of quarterback. And so just take your time with him, and if, if, you, if you bring him along, the, the right way. He's a quarterback that definitely has every tool uh, to succeed in the National Football League. Tom, what would you think of how he moved out there? Uh, inspiring. You know, because it was so fluid. It was so easy. It was so natural to him. There wasn't a thinking process after the ball left his hand to make sure his hand or his body or his feet were in the right position. It was a natural kind of movement for him. And when you see the accuracy and the relationships that he was developing throughout the reps, throughout the periods they were going through, throughout the couple days that they were going through practices, it, it was kind of it was kind of fun to watch. But you know that kind of goes along with the quarterback position when they choose or they gravitate towards that position whenever it becomes their role in football. I came from a high school that we never threw the ball. But everybody was always, you know, looking at the quarterback position. So as the quarterback and the whole position started to morph into a role of such extreme importance for a team, hey, this is something these guys become used to. And adapting to the playbook. If you want to be great at something, you have to work hard on it, um, you know, 
at whatever. So um, I want to be great at, you know, knowing this playbook. So I'm going to work hard at it, at it of course. But uh, it, it has been, uh, I would say, you know, uh, easy with, you know, Coach um, Nagy, Flip, Laser, Snides, everybody teaching me the playbook. So, you know, they, they made my job way easier by teaching it to me. And, um, of course, um, it's, it's just going to come a time with, with, with me studying that and, you know, just, just, just getting it down. Hey, Jim, uh, as regards the playbook, because plays are installed even during rookie minicamp uh, on the second day, on Saturday, there was more added into it, according to Matt Nagy. And th- it's almost like when you go to college and if you if you miss your first couple classes or you didn't buy your books and you missed a well, – you're already behind. And if you don't adapt immediately at the quarterback position and the other ten guys are in that huddle, whether it be in, in his role, which we anticipate what his role will be, it's really problematic because it's going to keep building, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a foundation, you know, even through a – a rookie minicamp, like when I went to my first one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they didn't give you the whole enchilada. You know, they're just giving you the basics of, of the base offense just so you have that foundation underneath you. But you're right, it's going to continue to grow every single day. You know, plays are, are added every single day, and it's going to compound and compound, and it's going to continue to grow, uh, and he's going to have to continue to learn. And you do. I mean, You know, I remember – because even then we did two a days back in our rookie mini camps. I, I remember even over the the course of in between practices, I found myself you know just in the playbook the the whole time. No, I don't need lunch. I need to be able to go out there and be confident uh, to call plays. Because again, you're you're trying to present yourself as a leader uh, to your team. You're in control of that huddle and. and how can you be in control if you don't know what your assignment is, let alone what their assignments are going to be? So you try to be confident, exude uh, all the things that are necessary uh, that you need to present at, at the position, and it, it's it's a grind. It'll take a little time, but if you're putting in the work, players see it, and they and yeah. they, they will buy in to, to what you're doing. All right, Jim, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by the general manager of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Pace. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW, People to Get It, with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. I'm Jeff Joniak. Welcome into the program, everybody, with our producer, Brandon Fryer, and time to turn it over to General Manager Ryan Pace. Ryan, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for taking some time as we uh, walk back through the NFL Draft 2021. I know every draft has its own story to it, and, and this story, when it involves uh, a first round, is as intense as it was, and it was a great piece written by Adam Johns of The Athletic, uh, all about it in great detail. If uh, fans haven't read it, check it out. Uh, when you await the call from the New York Giants, I'm going to hand the ball off to you there and take us from there because – it is a great moment. It's probably something you're never going to forget. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, uh, good to catch up with you guys. Um, yeah, I guess as you reflect back on that moment, uh, you guys know there's so much work and preparation that goes into it from so many different people in our building. So that's the culmination of a lot of hard work, a lot of preparation, playing out a lot of scenarios. You know, we had kind of talked throughout the day uh, with numerous teams, but, you know, a lot with the Giants and got really good rapport with Dave Gettleman. So, to see it kind of come down to that moment and you're on hold for, it, it seemed like forever. It was probably about a minute and a half. Um, then to realize, okay, guys, this, it's going to happen. We're on the clock and we're going to be able to get this quarterback. Uh, was it was a great moment. I think for the, for the entire building. I think Adam wrote it was eight thirty nine PM uh, because it, forget about it. Yes. It's a quarterback and that, that gets so much attention certainly in the, in the top 
10, 15, doesn't matter really anymore with quarterbacks. Could be a third-round pick, grabs the attention. But just were you calm? I mean, do you stay calm or were you – I mean, how, how do you handle that moment? Because some of it is out of your control. Yeah, it's it's crazy, Jeff. You are you are calm. It's it's it, it, you you're calm, and I think I think it just comes from going over it over and over and over and plan out every single scenario that could happen. Um, so yeah, you're you're calm through all that, and we all work really well together. I think we got a real cohesive unit. So, you know, between everybody, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about Josh Lucas and Joey Lane and and Matt's at my side and and uh, Champ and Jeff King and Sadowski and we're all there kind of working through it. Um, and so it is, it is calm in that moment. And then I think you, once you, you're finally on the clock, you make the selection, you call the player, then there's a delay. Like by the time the TV kicks in, there's, there's been a delay. Um, so we might not, you might not feel the emotion in the room that, that, that took place just minutes before when it's on TV. Um, but then that's when it kind of hits you and it settles in like, man, we put so much work into this. We've talked about this for so long. We've been through so many scenarios, uh, and we made it happen. And, that, and that's what it feels gratifying. Hey, Ryan, the difficulties in scouting this past season, because of the, the depth and the, um, the versatility of the interior offensive line, did you, were you able to focus on the offensive tackle specifically? Because I love what I see out of Tevin, and I like what I see out of Borum, and I think they have exciting futures in the NFL. Yeah, Tom, you're right. There was a lot of depth at offensive linemen this year, and we knew it. And we knew there was there were some elite players, uh, some some tackles that were going to go that were going to go high that we really liked. But then we knew there was going to be this kind of this next batch of guys. And when we got there, Tom, in that, in that second round, there was a span of 17 players selected there in the second round, and eight of them were offensive linemen. So that was kind of the run on linemen. Um, but for us to get to get Tevin at that spot, um, we were excited about that. And then Larry Borum. To get him in the fifth round, I mean, that's that's a player that we would have been excited about on the second day of the draft. So for us to get him on the third day of the draft in the fifth round um, is something we feel really good about. And just fortifying our offensive line, continuing to add young talent to that position is really important. Ryan, Jim Miller, good to talk to you uh, again. It was funny because I talked to Dave Gettleman. Everybody was blasting him up to the draft that he never trades down, and here he traded down in the first and the second round. So he's opened up Trader Dave's like Trader Joe's now, I guess. Is what he's about. But let me, let me ask you this before we get into talking about the draft picks. How was it for you collecting data here this offseason? Because you had no combine. You can't get apples-to-apples apples numbers. You're going into these pro days where – you know, some guys got fast tracks that are out there in terms of these college campuses or, or what they're the surfaces they're jumping off of to get to your vertical jump and, and all the things like that. How were you able to digest all that and really weed through it to, to get the comparisons and the data that you needed? Jim, that's a great question because there were so many challenges, and you're dead on. Some of these pro day numbers come in, and you're, are they running on a trampoline? Like, it, it seemed like crazy results coming back, but you know what? A lot of it comes down to, and I remember when I first started, there, there was an older scout that kind of took me under his wing. His name was Bill Quinter. And he always just said, trust your eyes. Trust your eyes when you're watching this film. So it comes back to that. Like, what are you seeing on game film on how these guys are, are performing and not getting caught up so much in a lot of the data we collect once football is done playing? I mean, some of that stuff is important. The medical information was a challenge this year. But it really comes back to him to trust in your eyes. Uh, on what you're seeing on the film, and then, and then our area scouts, our area scouts having relationships in those schools, 
because there are some guys, you know, that, that didn't play football, as you guys know, this past season. So you're really digging deep. You're going back on the tape. You're relying on area scouts that, are, that have built up a lot of rapport through those schools. And you're trusting your eyes what you see on tape with them playing football, which is the most important thing. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy and Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. General Manager Ryan Pace with us for a few minutes here. Thanks for joining us once again with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. I want to talk about the offensive line uh, more because if you put all the numbers together, you have, you have four drafted linemen in the last two years on the roster. you got two undrafted with playing time. Uh, one in Sam Mustafer that's really grown quickly here when given an opportunity. So it's a homegrown approach to the offensive line. I think I know. I think the number's ten on the roster right now. Is that uh, a plan that you put together in your mind to do that the homegrown fashion? Uh, and if so, why is that important? Because I've heard Cody many times talk about you know having the right guy and the right culture for for that room as well, and believing you have that with Borum and Jenkins added to the mix. Jeff, I really do. And I think it starts with uh, Juan Castillo and just our, our confidence and our trust in him as the offensive line coach. You, you know, wherever we draft a player, if it's in the second round, if it's in the seventh round, wherever it is, Juan's going to develop those guys. Juan's going to maximize those players. And I, I just have so much confidence that whoever we put in his room, those players are going to grow because Juan is so passionate about making these players better. So I think that's what you see. What's been really cool to see, guys, is how tight our offensive line is right now. Wherever they go, they're all together. All 15 of them are always together. They all lift together. They walk to the practice fields together. They're around each other all the time. It's it's one of the tightest, most co- cohesive O-line groups that I think a lot of us have seen. And, it, and it's early, but it's really neat to see. And a, there's some natural leaders in that room. Um, there's a lot of young emerging talent in that room. There's a lot of versatility in the room, too, where they can all play different positions and they're kind of cross-trained, which is going to protect us. So uh, we're excited about the growth and development of that position. But a lot of it, Jeff, goes back to Juan Castillo and our belief and trust in him. You know, Ryan, Daz Newsom really looked um, – he had a really nice rookie camp. He, he had a nice relationship with Justin going early. So then you look back of what the contributions that Darnell Mooney meant to the wide receiver position from this football team. You think that inspires these young guys, no matter where they drafted, they have the feeling that they can come in here and have an impact or be an influence on that position because they have an example of Darnell and what he, how he was able to succeed his rookie year? Yeah, there's no doubt, Tom. You know, we talk to those guys about it as soon as they come in the building. It doesn't matter where you were drafted, um, if you were uh, a high pick or if you were a college free agent. We owe it to our locker room to keep the best players, and there's a lot of examples of that. So once they get on the field, it's a clean slate, and I think there are some commonalities when you talk about those guys. And, you know, Darnell is a, a perfect example of a guy that came in with a professional mindset, worked his tail off, and it paid off on, on Sunday. And I think Daz, Daz has um, – there's like, you know, every team you kind of need those spark plug guys. You know, Tariq Cohen's one of those guys. Um, Daz has that personality, just a lot of juice, a lot of energy, um, a lot of humor in, in a really good way. Um, and he's kind of got some spark plug to him. He plays like that. You know, he's, he's hard to cover from the slot. He's a good punt returner. For us to get him late in the draft like that, um, we felt pretty good about it. Well, you know where I'm going, right to the quarterback in Justin Fields. Had the opportunity to, to talk to him. Very impressed with with that young man. I specifically like the, the mental toughness about him. Ryan Day, 
uh, talking about. It's not just his ability to go out there and play hurt. Everybody saw that with the the, the Clemson game, and there were other games he did that where he came in uh, and played through a knee injury and so, some other things. But to have the mental makeup, you know, I do think there are certain markets out there. Chicago is one of them. I would say New York is another that you have to have a tough mental makeup as a quarterback to 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 endure. There's going to be criticism. I mean, everybody under, understands that. And it just a little on Justin Fields and, and his mental makeup and what you saw on him. Yeah, no no doubt, Jim. I mean, you, you're right. You know, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, there's certain markets where you need that. And Justin naturally has that. Um, you know, you saw it throughout college. You know, we did a lot of research on that. And then now watching him walk in our building right now, Jim, you just feel it right away. Just He's off to such an impressive start. You know, obviously the physical talent, but – there's a work ethic and there's a focus uh, that's really cool to see. There's a calmness to him uh, and a confidence to him that's really cool to see. Um, I was just talking to our, our strength and conditioning coach, Jason Lascazo, and he was telling me how hard he works in the weight room and how focused and dialed he is in the weight room. Things like that, you know, already just, you know, we've been together for what, a week and a half, and to already feel that just confirms a lot of the things we knew about him. And, you know, he's entering a quarterback room with, with, with two vets in there and that are really going to help him. You can already feel that cohesion with those guys, with Andy and with Nick. Um, I think it's a really good environment for him. But he has the, the mental toughness, the focus, uh, the work ethic, and the determination, I think, to, uh, to have a lot of success. Uh, in any market, but especially this one. Yeah, well, how about, you know, because I know what Coach Nagy had said about Andy Dalton being the starter, and right away everybody assumes, oh, he's getting all the reps. You know, Justin Fields is going to be able to, to get reps. You know, you look where Nick Foles is at, and Nick can still get his his work done. But can you give us anything of how they'll, they'll be distributed? Because everybody just thinks because Andy's the starter that Justin Fields isn't going to be getting his plethora of work and reps that's going to be dedicated to him to bring him along yeah, that, with the development yeah jim it's a good question and that's when you you know you rely on the experience of our staff so with, with matt and with bill laser and flip and they spent a ton of time thinking about that right there like how can we maximize all these reps for the quarterbacks and it's important you know make sure you know andy's getting getting these reps as, the, as our starting quarterback and 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 he's learning the offense and he's learning the new players but also the development of Justin Fields and make, making sure he's getting the reps. So I think our coaches, you can already feel it, have done a great job of making sure that uh, that's handled the right way um, and it will continue to be handled the right way. You know, fortunately for us, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have a preseason this year, which will be big for us, not just for the quarterback, for, but for a lot of positions. But I think our coaches, our, our veteran coaching staff, we got, you know, three coaches right there that are very familiar with this position, um, have spent a ton of time focusing on that right there, making sure the refs are handled the appropriate way. Hey, Ryan, when you look at the defensive back Graham you drafted, I love his confidence um, when he answered the phone because he said he was frustrated and a little tired. And when we <laughs> talked to him last week, I said I had the same thing. I was I wanted to be drafted higher, and I think every guy in the NFL does. But that's the kind of the attitude that you want to have, like you said, coming in the locker room for a guy that has a, lot, a tremendous amount of belief in his self, his development, and in how badly he wants to be a part of this. For sure, Tom. And I felt that from Cleo Herbert. I felt it from Tonga. I felt it from Borum. Like that, that's a good – you want him to have a chip on your shoulder like that. And I think you know, with Thomas Graham, you know, I think – him not playing uh, last year, you know, maybe that affected some of it. You know, he did go to the Senior Bowl and had a good Senior Bowl. But what we like about him is 
the first thing that stands out, I, I, th- I thought every scout said this when we were evaluating him, was really good ball skills and really good ball clock. So, like, the ability to time up PBUs um, when the ball arrives or interceptions. He just has a knack for timing for timing that up, the coordination that comes with that. And then, I, you know, he has this instincts, awareness, feel, peripheral vision to kind of play that nickel spot, too, which is going to be important for us. So, you know, he's training outside and inside. Um, but there's just a lot of traits, like I said, his instincts. But I think his ball skills are something that he naturally has. Um, and you know what? Maybe maybe if this, you know, it was such a different season in 2020, he, he could have possibly gone higher. But uh, we're fortunate to, to have him on our team. And it just fell the way we wanted it to fall. Ryan, one more question. We'll let you go. Appreciate it as always. Uh, you touched on Herbert and Tonga, t- two very serious guys about about how they go about their business too, and that showed. Just real quick snapshots on what you saw, and just in general how you felt the rookie minicamp went, and we'll let you go. Yeah, so uh, you know when you go to uh, when you go to Cleo Herbert, to me he he was standing out, Jeff, on our draft board, and we looked up that magnet standing out because um, we had him graded high in that area of the draft, and. He's got such natural vision and patience and run instincts. He really fits in to kind of the wide zone, the scheme. Just yeah, just some guys just have a knack for that. He 100% does. Uh, when you see him in person, just the, he, how he's built, his body type is perfect for the running back position and what we want to do. And then you throw in the added special teams value that he provides, um, the kick return value that he provides. Just a real pro mindset, and he's off to a great start. And then Tonga. Just, to, you know, I thought last year with us losing, you know, Roy Robertson Harris and John Jenkins and Brent Urban, you know, that's going to happen in, in free agency. But, and we were able to re sign Mario Edwards. But you had a guy like Tonga late, and he's just got a strong, stout player, can naturally, naturally anchor in there. Uh, it just gets us excited about our D line. When you talk about Hakeem Hicks getting Eddie Goldman back, Bilal Nichols, um, you know, we talked about Mario Edwards, and then. A guy like Tonga coming in, who's kind of a natural nose tackle um, that can place out inside, was a big get for us. So everyone was excited rookie minicamp. You know, you can tell this, this rookie class, just a real serious focused uh, feel to them, a real professional feel to them. You know, I think, you know, Justin kind of leads that. Um, and, and we had a productive minicamp uh, starting with him. All right, Ryan, we appreciate all the time. Hope to talk to you soon again, and uh, good luck with the offseason program as it continues forward here. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, That's Ryan. Bears general manager Ryan Pace. Back with more on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio just heard from General Manager Ryan Pace. Uh, Jim, any any thoughts on uh, anything that jogged your mind about what he had to say? No, I, I think, you know, Ryan Pace, and, you know, the reason why I asked him that question is I was, you know, about just collecting data. I kind of took a, you know, it's not a scientific poll or anything, but that's what I asked a lot of the uh, the GMs that we talked to on SiriusXM, and there were quite a few of them. Uh, they, they were struggling with the medicals, and here Ryan brought that up. That was some of the last data that even came in prior to the draft. 
uh, that that teams you know were trying to collect and, and get all the information so they could make an informed decision about drafting uh, players. Granted, everybody's draft board's different in how they're going to grade players because it's it's what they do for your your scheme and what they you know present. Uh, to utilize in, in your scheme. So every board is stacked different. That's why in, you know, the Bears, when he said, hey, when we saw Herbert there, he stood out like a, th- a sore thumb because on the Bears board, they had him probably graded higher than than what they had uh, uh, another team maybe had him rated. And why? And he brought it up. Hey, he runs a lot of the wide zone there. That's the principles we utilize here with the Chicago Bears. So he's going to have more value to the Chicago Bears than, say, uh, the Baltimore Ravens who run a gap scheme. So everybody's board is, is graded uh, differently. So, yeah, I thought uh, you know he was pretty expansive with, the, with all his answers and why they love the players they did. Even Kyrus Tonga, uh, the defensive lineman they drafted. If you go back and look at, at Tonga, everybody's like, oh, he's 325 pounds, he's a run stuffer. Yeah, that, that's true. Go look at his bat downs. The guy has 12 yeah. bat downs, so his awareness level is good. So he may be in there on first and second down. We all know, though, teams are going to – run play action and do certain things on, on first and second down where they throw. This guy's a very aware player, and all those bat downs kind of prove that and why Ryan Pace says, hey, kind of trust your eyes. On and, Tom, they also feel b- very good about Larry Borum. You could tell that uh, they had him uh, ranked a lot higher than being a fifth-round pick, but he happened to be there. Yeah, you know, one thing that we talked about before this draft was the draft players according to where they play. And I think when you look at Daz Newsom, you look at Graham, you look at Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins, every one of these guys, you know, they, they have a foundation of a career that's going to move further. And I think all of these guys can have an impact on, on the Bears. And um, I know that, you know, when you look at Herbert, he's a little bit different of a back than uh, David Montgomery, but David Montgomery is one hell of an example of the kind of back you want to emulate yourself after. And he is a three-down back. So um, I, I got to say that one of the most exciting players – that you know, kind of cap caught my attention at rookie camp because I didn't know a lot about him was Larry Borum. When you yeah. listen to about this guy playing at 352 pounds in college, to me that's a little heavy. But when he showed up at the Bears mini camp, he was in shape. He was more fit. He moves very fluidly for a big man, and so I'm excited to see the type of competition that he provides. And you know, is he one dimensional at right tackle? I don't, I'm not so certain about that. I think he has the capability to move to a couple different positions on the offensive line. So I'm excited to watch each and every one of these guys. And the guy that probably created the most excitement and the most big plays is Daz Newsome. He had a kind of a relationship that developed early with Justin Fields, and Justin Fields put the ball in the exact place he needed to. But the types of catches acrobatically in coverage in a small window that he was able to go up and make, it was fun to watch. And it was fun. And, and Borum on his strengths and weaknesses. Strengths, I feel like I could pass with the best of them. And I'm a big body that can run off the ball. And one thing I need to work on is just, just smaller, just little technique things regarding just some things in the in the run game, maybe footwork here and there, hand placement. But other than that, I feel like I, I can pass block with the best of them. Hey, Jim, typical offensive line conversation, right, from, a, yeah. from an offensive lineman. Absolutely. Work on technique, that's the story. Yeah, hand placement. He's talking about all the all the right things that you need to to focus on from from that standpoint. He knows what yeah, he needs to work on, and obviously, uh, 
offensive line coach is going to work with him hard when you look at uh, Juan Castillo, you know, and I think you, you know, you try him out at, at, at tackle. I think that's the goal for, for his size, but who knows? I I'm, I'm with Tom. I think he easily could be a power right guard if, if need be too, as his, his career starts to get cranked up. I also me, thought, one, Oh, sorry, one Tommy. Thing about, one thing, sorry about, one thing about Larry Borum though, is he's going to have to condition himself like and like any other time throughout his career. When you're that big of a man, you can go out there and dam- dominate the college talent you face. But at the NFL level, if you can't play from the snap of the ball to the whistle blows in a good knee-bending position, you're going to have guys like Khalil and stuff that can tip you over if you place too stiff-legged, so that well, will be his challenge. Yeah, I know. I'll add this. I know Paul Alexander worked with him. He's Paul, for the listeners out there, he coached uh, over 30 years as an offensive line coach. He said, this is a big man with thud. He is powerful, has the bend that you're talking about, uh, uh, Tom, and thinks he will be ultimately become a good starting right tackle in the, in the National Football League within a year. He thinks he could do that. Who knows? Maybe he's on an accelerated pace where he could fill that role right away for the Chicago Bears. And one last soundbite, back to Tevin Jenkins, because there is going to be a process of flipping from one side of the offensive line to the other. He's had over 400 snaps in college at that position, but it's a different ball game in the NFL. The best thing I can tell you right now is just muscle memory. That's the best two things ever. That's just what you have to keep on doing it over and over and over until your body's very used to it. Your body is uh, more, uh, you know, like I said, used to it. And just keep on doing it over and over until I'm normal. Like it just feels normal every day in like everyday life. I'm going to become... I'm going to say I'm going to become just left-handed or something because I just got to have to do uh, how I got to carry myself. Is there a validity in that, Tommy, muscle memory? Yeah, there is, you know, but you also recognize if you have the ability to convert to that. I played a year in college at left tackle. I knew that my days were numbered at that position. I kind of suffered through it my junior year and then went back to the interior of the offensive line and played with a great deal a, a lot more confidence but when I listen to Tevin at the podium it almost sounds like Juan Castillo you got to do it over and over and <laughs> over and over again and that is everything offensive football is repetitiously learned and when you get those 10,000 15,000 reps underneath your belt you start making that comfortable non-thinking about transition well, and the thing that stuck out the most, you know, the overall view of rookie minicamp, and we didn't get into talking about some of these undrafted guys or whatever. I would say what Ryan uh, hit on was that they kind of took the cue from Justin Fields, who is quite serious and admitted that he's is a serious business for, for Justin Fields, and that kind of was the, the tone of those couple days. We were not there on Sunday. They had a, a shortened uh, walkthrough level, but on those two days – you know, it's, 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 I always find it funny, fellas, when you, you grab a bunch of, bunch of guys from parts unknown all over the country, you throw them on a practice field, you get them coached up for a couple of days in the, in the classroom, and they go out and it looks like football. Well, I mean, and it's good that Justin Fields did that, and I would think that all the young draft picks did. There, are some, there is something to be said about first impressions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure Tom wanted to make a good first impression uh, when he was uh, working out for, for any team. And I would think, uh, you know, I know I personally felt that way when I went into the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually arrived a day early. Bill Cower had to kick me out of the out of the Three River Stadium, <laughs> you know, to make a good impression early. And uh, because if you do that, you're going to get more opportunities, potentially more reps. And then if you're able to, to build that trust with your coaches uh, that they know that you're serious about football and you're going to attack it and you're you're taking everything that that you're being given and understand it and are able to apply it that's that's why they want you as a player and and you're backing it up every single day you walk in that building 
Yeah, and I, I, I leave you with this. Now let the process play out. I know everybody's got opinions on where things are going to be and what should be and what they want to be, but process is as important as the player you pick and the player you, you bring into the organization. Jim, thanks for hanging in there uh, the entire show. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. You got it, guys. Always good to be with you. Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, moving the chains. Tommy, we're out of time. Thank you. You have a good week as well. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our guest, General Manager Ryan Pace of the Bears, and our producers tonight, Brandon Fryer in the Score Studios, along with Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli. Mark Grody and Anthony Heron are next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.